Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Duke podcast. Sponsored by Bet Online, I'm your host Sheldon Williams, and here's your co-host Steve Wiseman. Sheldon, it's great to be with you again. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Yeah, hope uh, hope you had a good holiday break. Um, everybody's good at your place. They're all your all your loved ones are healthy. Uh, Duke Duke had a little COVID issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. I mean, uh, what was twelve days off? Um, yeah. after they last played against uh VTech and then uh, you know, the Notre Dame and uh, Clemson game getting uh, po- uh postponed as well, so it was kind of like you know, um, every time uh, we start seeing them kind of gear up and then something else happens with COVID, and it's like, all right, well, is this gonna be now another situation with Georgia Tech when they come in that you know, that type thing? So, but they want they wind up playing against uh, you know, Georgia Tech and it just 12 days layoff where the staff and the team was kind of you know battling this uh COVID-19 yeah you know um uh they weren't able to practice at all uh they're isolated you know so many people got uh infected even though vaccinated boosted all that stuff didn't seem to matter not right uh with this new Omicron uh Omicron uh variant so yeah uh tough deal <laughs> to uh to not be able to practice had two games called off I uh, did not go. You know, didn't go to Clemson or Notre Dame. They finally got together last Sunday. Uh, we're taping this on a Wednesday, but they got together uh, and had kind of a glorified shoot around. Basically, is the first time they didn't have everybody available, just some players. So they kind of did some of that, and then Monday was the first day everybody was back. And uh, AJ Griffin, I believe, in fact, he said last night uh, after the game, he was the last one to get cleared, and practice started and. Uh, he got sick to his stomach right in the middle of practice. Um, he said he thought it was something he ate, but he had to leave, you know, and then come back. And um, so it's disruptive for sure. And uh, the play showed last night. <laughs> yeah, very much. I mean, I can't imagine kind of navigating through these waters where you have a situation where it goes throughout the whole team and you're still trying to plan for things ahead because, you know, it's going to be a certain amount of time where you can't do certain things. And then with those type things, you can't really have the whole group together. So it's almost like, how do you plan about doing, you know, mini circles with uh, two or three players, you know, trying to work out and then trying to separate with another two or three players and trying to get some kind of game shape and keep your game rhythm and your legs and everything but it's not the same as playing on five on five, like you normally do, or, you know, make it more realistic as a game. And I don't know, it's just hard to see. I'm thinking to myself like right now, like how would I, if I'm a head coach, how do I navigate through this? Because you don't have a full team and you don't have a full staff either. So right. it's kind of like, you know, how do you try to hold your head above water and still get your team to stay even kill at some point to be ready whenever that time does come, like Georgia Tech came up, and then all of a sudden you start seeing it's a different Duke team. At least offensively, it was a different Duke team because they didn't have their legs underneath them. 
players weren't making the shots that they normally make. But one thing about Duke, credit to Coach K, it's the defense. You know, no matter if the ball going in the hole or not, the defense is something that you can kind of will and control yourself. And we kind of start seeing that, especially later on in the second half, where they were able to actually pull it out and then make on that little late run you know, towards the end of the second half. Yeah, definitely. And, and that's something that uh, in post game he talked to us about and we talked to the players about was that he, he told him at halftime, hey, I know you're tired. I mean, you have to be with what we've been through, but you can't be tired on defense. <laughs> something I'm sure you've heard before. Yeah, I mean, it sounds very like very much so like a Coach K quote and everything. So, yeah, I can I can. <laughs> Yeah, I can uh, understand that because I heard that before, you know, a few mm-hmm. times in my career. <laughs> Definitely. And uh, so, you know, uh, they they had to they had to gut it out. And to me, yeah, I think it was an impressive win. I, I sat there and watched it and I was courtside and, you know, the offense was not pretty on both sides. I mean, there were some ugly shots, some, you know, poor everything was it was the worst shooting day Duke's had all season. Thirty seven point three percent. This, the only other time they shot below 40% in a game this year was the Ohio State game, right, where they, they lost the second half, shot 23%. They, that night they were 385 as a team, so last right. night was the worst. But that tells you how atypical this was for them and because of what they've been through. I mean, there's no other way around it. Uh, the offense is going to take time to, to develop again. Um, you know, they're not, they're not playing at the level they played at before the break. There's no way, and it's going to take time. But they were able to fall back on the defense, and the defense carried them to this win, uh, which is really impressive, I thought, because when you're in that mindset, it could be very easy to let things slip on both sides. That's what happened against Ohio State in the second half. They didn't play very good defense either, and they lost that game. So the fact that they were able to come through all this and and play good defense last night when the defense had to win the game, I thought was really impressive. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, um, I think the Ohio State game might might have been in the back of their minds as well because they the games were very similar. And then I guess it's almost like kind of like in the second half because you know we were both there, and it was almost like they expected Ohio State to kind of lay down, and they just kind of Duke was just letting them hang around, hang around. And if you let a team hang around, they don't gain confidence no matter how the game is going. And then things going to change. So with this going on in Georgia Tech the other day, um, yesterday, you have a team that has the leading AC score in um, what's his name DeVoe. DeVoe, um, yeah, yeah, yeah DeVoe, um, who hasn't had a, a good game um, up to that point and everything. And you know that at some point he can he's capable of getting hot. So you can't let a team kind of hang around with you like that just because if you play with the game, a lot of times you don't get screwed. And that happened against Ohio State. Granted, it didn't happen, you know, this, you know, this game because they continued to grind things out. It was playing uh, better on defense as the game was going on uh, throughout the second half. But I, it was it was always like something in my mind, like, all right, they got the number one scoring guard player in ACC, and he hasn't had a good game. At some point, if you let him, you know, let the team stay around, something could change and could break you know, for them. But uh, fortunately, you know, for our defense, we were actually, you know, able to stand still with, you know, how we do things. And you're right about DeVoe. I mean, I remember I was following along uh, during the game, watching the stats, and 
he had five points with 12 minutes to go in the game. He was at five points, and this guy averaging 21.2. He scored 16 points from that point the rest of the game, so he ended up with his average of 21, but he needed 19 shots to get those 21 points, so that's not very efficient, which, uh, you know, as we both know, Duke likes to do that. If somebody's going to be a scorer, they're going to have to work hard to get those points. And um, But fortunately, Duke had enough of a lead, 12, 14 points, to where you know, he, he had that surge at the end, like you said, you, you hang around, somebody's going to end up, you know, he ended up getting a scoring average, right? So he allowed Georgia Tech to get back within six points, I think it was, but they had enough of a cushion and then made the plays down the stretch to win. So, um, yeah, uh, you, you can't let somebody hang around. But the fact that they, they played well enough at that point defensively to have that lead, they, they were able to survive that, that, that surge at the end from DeVoe. Right, right. Like I said, I mean, he had five points up to that point, and then all of a sudden, what I'm not sure what actually actually happened, uh, but the whole altercation between DeVoe and Coach K, and then all of a sudden, it seemed like at that point, he got hot, and he started making that run, and I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, anytime that anybody gets into it with Coach K, all right, we got to turn up a notch, and we got to show this person, like, no, you don't come to my house and do our coach like this, you know, that type of thing. So I'm, I was expecting that. And yeah. then on the, all on the flip side, I was like, oh, he goes from five points to scoring 16 points within the last, what, uh, what 12 six, minutes. seven minutes? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then, uh, bottom, like you said, bottom close to uh, within six with four, four and a half minutes to go. And then all of a sudden, we got to rely on our defense to make sure that we continue this lead. And I think um, Trevor Kills wind up uh, making a uh, – a three mm-hmm. and increasing the lead uh, from three, I'm sorry, from six to maybe nine. And then we kind of came down and got a layup and, you know, pushed it to 11. Yeah. But at that point it was a close game. And then the leading score got hot, um, you know, during this stretch. Yeah. And let's talk about that, that little altercation uh, with, with DeVoe. So what happened was, uh, and I've looked at the TV replay, uh, Duke was getting ready to call a timeout. Uh, Coach K was, and, and DeVoe was standing in front of the bench and turned and said something to the effect of, yeah, you need a timeout, you know, and, and <laughs> Coach K, according to DeVoe after the game said, basically, you don't know who you're messing with here. Like, you know, you, you're not supposed to talk to me. You know, that's not a cool thing. Uh, Josh Pastner after the game was asked about it and said, yeah, you know, Coach K and I had a discussion about that in the, in the handshake line. Uh, I know he said, I know I respect Coach K, but Michael DeVoe respects Coach K. He shouldn't have done that. And, I, and he would talk to, he was going to have a talk with DeVoe uh, privately, whatever they're going to do within the team. But, you know, DeVoe, hey, he was he was feeling, he made a couple shots. He was starting to feel his, feel his oats a little bit, right? And uh, But I think he learned something about maybe uh, uh, tugging on Superman's cape, right? Right, right. I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know that saying, uh, let a sleeping, sleeping bear lie, um, yeah, sleep, whatever, yeah. that type of thing, whatever. So, but then all of a sudden he kind of poked the bear and then the bear got a little bit upset. And then that's when things started changing around and everything. But yeah, like you said, to his point, he got a couple shots going and then we, uh, we call a timeout. So yeah, he's feeling good. He got a little chip on his shoulder. And now he wants to go ahead and uh, start yapping, but you don't yap at another, another coach. You know, you yap at the players, you know what I'm saying? You know, things like that. But you don't yap at another another coach, especially a legendary coach like that. Like, come on. Yeah, you know, in the uh, yeah, it, on, on his court, Coach K court, right? Like, right, right. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I know, still, like, and you're still down. 
Yeah, yeah, they never <laughs> yeah. did. Like, they never did catch Duke. Duke was ahead the whole game, you know, right? In the right. Early minutes. So, but uh, hey, you know, I, I I do want to say one more thing about that. Um, apparently, George Tech had a plan to bring Bobby Cribbins back last night and sit on the bench. That's something else that that Kessner oh. and Coach K were talking about in the handshake line. That was a very long interaction. Right, right. Line, I, I unusual. That. Right. Um, Bobby Cremens, they got clearance from the NCAA to allow him to sit on the bench because normally you can't have a visitor on the bench, right? Uh, as a throwback to the old wars that uh, that Coach K and Cremens had back in the eighties and nineties, and at the last minute, uh, Coach Cremens had a had a hernia issue and wasn't able to travel, so it's not like a serious, you know, he's going to be okay. It's not COVID related, thank God. But uh, wouldn't that have been cool uh, if that would have worked out? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, this team, uh, these two teams been playing. Uh, I looked up and it's like uh, Georgia Tech and um, and Duke played for the hundred times since mm-hmm. 1922. Duke leads the series 75 to 24 and then 37 and five at Cameron. Underneath Coach K is now 61 and 19. Uh, Duke has beaten um, Georgia Tech underneath the Coach K era. So I thought that was kind of cool to kind of see how this is the hundredth game and this is the last year playing, but that's a hundred game that they actually played. Yeah. I mean, it just tells you it's, it's a great, you know, and Georgia tech, obviously, you know, did only join the ACC in like the late, late seventies. I think it was 1979. So um, they, they don't go back as far as state and Carolina and teams like that, Virginia, but it has been a great, and I know it's kind of one-sided, right? Duke's won the majority of the games, but right, as right. coach K said, post game, we talked to him about Kremens and all that plan. He wanted he would love for Crimmins to come. He would thought that would have been great. He's so, you know, sad that, that it didn't work out. But because he said, you know, he 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 kind of reminisced for a second, like, hey, you know, back in the 80s, it was me and Bobby and Jimmy V. You know, we're trying to knock off, he didn't say Dean, but that's what he meant, right? That we were trying to right, push right, through. Right. <laughs> and he said some of those games, Georgia Tech and Duke in the late 80s, early 90s, were some of the best games the ACC's ever seen. And uh, you think about it, like Georgia Tech had those Final Four teams, right? They in 1990, the uh, Lethal Weapon Three, right? Was it uh, Dennis Scott that group? Dennis Scott, yep, yep, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, great <laughs> stuff, Kenny Anderson, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's uh-huh. when Duke was, uh, you know, Duke and Georgia Tech both went to the Final Four in 1990. The two ACC teams in there, so uh, that was a neat game last night. Uh, wasn't neat awesome. aesthetically. <laughs> also, we did it again uh, my sophomore year when. Uh, it was uh, our team, UConn, Oklahoma State, and Georgia Tech. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yep. that's right. You guys played Connecticut in the semifinals, and then Georgia Tech lost to Connecticut in the finals on Monday right, night. Right, right. Uh, Paul Hewitt coached that team, right, for Georgia Tech. I believe, yeah, I believe so. Was that yep, Paul yep. Hewitt? Yeah, I believe so. Yep, yeah, yep. yeah. Um, that's right. So twice you guys have both been in the Final Four. That's unusual, too. How about that? I, <laughs> I know, that. right? I, I was right. it was in San Antonio. I was at that final four. Too. San Antonio. Yep. It was yeah. San Antonio. Yeah. Yep. yep. <laughs> uh, if we talk, uh, if we can get into that game. That, that's a game. Duke Duke had one. You guys had it one. I know you did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It kind of still haunts me now to this day right now. But yeah, that was our chance. Like we knew that, that well, one, that was actually the national championship game, to be honest with you. In my yes. eyes, it was a national championship game. But yeah, for us to, to be that close and to lose by two points. And then uh, because we knew. We knew we could have beat uh, Georgia Tech or Oklahoma State on the other side of the bracket and everything, but it was just getting past, you know, 
UConn. And that's the year that UConn, both men and women, won uh, the national championship and everything. So, yeah. But yeah, it was it was it was great. I mean, if you go back and look at it, I think they had like six or seven uh, NBA players in that on that roster. We had like six or seven uh, on our roster as well. So it was kind of crazy how looking back, how many NBA future NBA players were actually on the court playing against each other. Yeah. And I do know from a media standpoint, we were all discussing it before the game and after that that was the national championship. We knew Monday night was going to be anticlimactic because and it was. Connecticut blew out Georgia Tech. You know, all due respect to Georgia Tech. Hey, they right, right. accomplished a lot to get there, but we knew the be- the best two teams were in that second semifinal. It was a great first semifinal, Georgia Tech and Oklahoma State. Uh, Georgia Tech, I think Will Bynum hit a shot at the buzzer. I think it was Will Bynum. I, I, I believe so. I believe yeah. so. Yeah. But uh, anyway, it was uh, you know we we've. We veer down memory lane here, Sheldon. And that's sometimes it's okay, it's good. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Talking about back in the day. Uh, right, but, right. But I do want to mention before we get any further, though, our sponsor, Bet Online, talking about uh, favorites and uh, championship games and everything. Because uh, uh, Bet Online has you covered with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football continues to march through the bowls, we're almost done with the bowls. National championship set up there. Alabama and Georgia going to be playing here pretty soon for that. And the pro football playoffs are about to start. Bet online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's 50% bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code believe that's B L E A V to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available during the 2021-2022 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available. Bet online where the game starts. And uh, so, yeah, Duke uh, took care of business last night against Georgia Tech. Next game coming up is Miami on Saturday. Uh, as we take this on Wednesday, Miami is getting ready to play Syracuse on, on Wednesday night. Miami's won seven games in a row. They're the hottest team in the ACC right now. And uh, and then after that, Duke has Wake Forest. So anyway. Um, who, who Miami beat um, the last time they played. Exactly right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that tells you Miami's maybe a little better than what we all thought at the start of the year. Jim Laranega's done a good job down there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I think I looked it up. Uh, Miami is 11-3. and three. Um, They haven't played since they beat Wake uh, by eight. Um, the last game, and then Wake Forest winds up uh, beating uh, Florida State. Was it yet? I think yesterday. Yeah. Who was twelve? Who's twelve and three? But they beat Florida State by twenty-two. Yes. So you know these are two good uh, good teams that are kind of going underneath the radar. But you know at some point you're gonna take notice. You know having a <laughs> eleven and three record and then twelve and three record. You know people are gonna start taking uh, notice of that and everything. But they've been playing well, so it's gonna be a uh, um, some two very good games, especially uh, for us coming off of this 12-day layoff and trying to get our legs back. So it's going to be a good test. But before we got kind of talk about that, how I want to say how impressed I am by uh, Adrian Griffin. I mean, this guy, he's been consistent the last few games. I mean, this guy, uh, yesterday, what was it? Uh, he had like uh, 12 points and six rebounds. I think he's averaging like 12 and uh, six within the last five games. Yeah. He's been um, looking more and more like himself. And just like I said, just being consistent. And he, now he's like, um, what, a 50% uh, three-point shooter the last five games. So people really are making a conscious effort conscious effort to kind of go out 
and find him. So make it a little bit harder, which is respect to what his work he's been doing to put up thus far. But it's another asset that we have, and he's been playing really well for us. And I like to continue continue to see that. You know, watch him grow. Yeah, it's been it's been neat to see because he you know he's, he's battled injuries a lot the last two years. Uh, he hardly he didn't play at all as a senior. Played twelve games as a junior in high school, and you know then he got hurt in preseason. Uh, he strained his knee and had to miss a couple of weeks of practice, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, He's finally getting going here. And then, of course, COVID's kind of shut it down. And he got a little sick again, but uh, uh, he had to isolate like everybody else did. But he has become such a force for them as that sixth man off the bench. And um, uh, it, it's allowed them to have that alternate, they call it the good ball handling uh, lineup <laughs> without uh, Mark or Theo, Mark Williams or Theo in there. I guess that's a knock, it's a the knock on the big Yeah, it's a knock on the big guys. I know. But anyway. <laughs> but the uh <laughs> you know it, it it definitely is i mean um i i hate it um because you know mark had a really good game last game yeah. um kind of a bounce back game for him where he, i think he had uh the 10 points 14 rebounds and three yeah. uh three blocks but for him uh to guess i guess crack that lineup you know the late game lineup he has to be more of a rebounding force and right now he's kind of been all over the place where he have like you no know, games where he have 14 like he did last night, or then he have the next game is like a three rebound game, that type of thing. So for this lineup, it's been working just because you know we have really good players on the team that take care of the ball. Cause I, I think we averaging like what nine or ten max turnovers each game. Yes. And which is you know a team that's really taking care of the ball. And that could be credit because of uh the four ball handlers, actually five, because, you know, Manchero, he's a ball handler too, so he's playing right. the five, uh, you know, late games and everything. So you got five ball handlers closing out the game, which is really taking care of the ball for us and everything. So, but it just, it sucks because I know me personally as a big, I wouldn't be out there to close games. But for him, I think uh, he will have to be a more consistent, high-level rebounder for coach to kind of crack that late game switch um you know lineup yeah and that's uh, again that's something coach k mentioned specifically last night was he he called out uh and, and gave mark a shout out for his great rebounding and, and also pointed out we hadn't seen that consistently right and that's what he wants to see so uh as you know that that's how you earn minutes you you've got to you've got to produce when with the things you're needed but but it, it, even so that said it's great that duke has the flexibility to to make that adjustment you know they can they can go with with bancaro at the five and, and have aj griffin out there on the court and the five ball handlers and spread teams out that way but when they need to go bigger when they really need to they can go you know bancaro and williams which is what they start with they can put theo john in there uh they can go with with williams and john if they want to if bancaro gets in foul trouble so um this team and and josh pastor multiple times in his post game comments last night said this is a national championship contender that we just played like this Duke has, it has the ability to do it this year. I think that's uh, that's not just coach speak. I think he means that uh, as we've talked about all year with this flexibility, they have uh, this is a Duke team that can go all the way in March for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, I was sold after I saw that Gonzaga game, you know, like, yeah. Oh, it's not just hype. Now you see it against another really good team. You know, like you said, they have flexibility where they can play any kind of way they want to play. 
I would like to see, and I know this probably won't be a lineup, but I would like to see us go big and have uh, Mark Williams at the five, Theo John at the four, and uh, Banchero at the three. How crazy would that lineup be? Yeah. Um, just right there, just, just alone, right? Yeah. <laughs> How crazy yeah. would that be? And then you can throw in uh, uh, kills and then uh, um, win the more and everything. And then how big that lineup is right there. Big that might be sturdy. something. Yes, yes. <laughs> that might be something that uh, be very impressive to watch um, if they had like some kind of chemistry with that. But that'd be very impressive to watch. Yeah, that could suffocate people with that, couldn't they? <laughs> exactly, right. <laughs> <laughs> But now, all right, as we as we uh, uh, get ready to wrap this up here, but they've got to find a way to get their legs back under them now. And, and there's a concern about trying to binge conditioning, like trying to, okay, we got to catch up. And you can get hurt doing that. So um, what do you think about that as a player from your point of view? How, how you, and I know you haven't, it's hard to do this mid-season, right, where you've got to, uh, step things up immediately, but not not too fast. But you got games coming, so you want to get ready. It's a lot to deal with there. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of like I said earlier on. I like I'm not sure if I was a head coach how to navigate through this because all right, they had people off and on with COVID. Obviously, people are affected different ways. Um, my thing is like saying you are a asymptomatic and you're feeling fine, but you have to kind of isolate do you go outside and run around your neighborhood or that type thing, whatever, and, uh, you know, run by yourself to try to keep some kind of win and condition up for yourself until you get back into the gym. Um, Cause obviously you can't be that, you know, with different people, or whatever, and be around different people. So I'm not sure how or what is the best way to do that. Um, unless they had some kind of like, you know, <laughs> you got your own, workout room and only you can go in there for the next six, seven days, whatever. And then all of a sudden uh, they do find somebody else, whatever. I, I'm not sure how that, how that can happen. Cause like I said, uh, I mean, the, the thing is everybody's dealing with this in some kind of capacity. It's just that you kind of like just taking it on a chin. Cause like a lot of these times um, I've seen some people where they're getting ready to play a game and they pull them out right before the game, getting ready to start. Um, and then like, oh, we got to change up everything now. All of a sudden, uh, we, we game plan for this. And then now we're going to do something different now. Yeah. Uh, and, and Georgia Tech was dealing with, you know, they, they had a long COVID break before they played Sunday night against Louisville and, uh, and lost. And then two days later had to come to Cameron. So, I mean, that's a, that's a quick turnaround for a team that wasn't well conditioned. Right. And so that's, right, that, right. that played a factor in what the uh, not very aesthetically pleasing basketball we saw last night, that it was kind of a <laughs> yeah, rock yeah. fight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, Mark Williams told us that when they were in isolation, uh, they had resistance bands they could do. They, they had them set up with those things. Right. And that that's basically it. Like or running in place in the hotel, they were over at the Waduke, you know, doing their isolation. Uh, so, uh, and, and so another concern coach K is about this binge conditioning. He mentioned that you don't want to do is you don't want to get somebody pulling a muscle or, you know, having an, an injury that, that's related to trying to come back too quickly. So um, I know that Wednesday is the team's day off uh, mandatory day off. They have to have for the week. So as we're taping this on Wednesday, the team is not practicing today. They're going to practice Thursday and Friday and then play the game on Saturday and then try to get back into routine because then they play wake force again, the following Wednesday. 
So we're going to have to see. It's just going to be, it's not going to be uh, as good a basketball as we saw before the break. It's going to take a few weeks, I think, to get it back. But, uh, you know, the fact that they can play defense can maybe get them through this little stretch. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's something that Duke's team, Duke teams in the past have always hung their hat on is their defense. So hopefully that stays true with this team as well. Um, but as far as uh, how the ball bounces for us, you know, these next three, four games, it's going to be very interesting to watch. So hopefully uh, we can get the ball on hold or go back to the 90s basketball and just pound that thing until uh, <laughs> until we score enough points. <laughs> go with that big lineup that you mentioned, right? Exactly, right? Go with inside. that big lineup. Go with that big lineup and you have nothing to worry about. We got the defense, we have the rebounding, and we have the interior scoring all handled right there. <laughs> That'll be great. Uh, yeah, let's see if they if they trot that sucker out because that's that could be a weapon for sure. Right, right. Um, so anyway, well, listen, well, uh, that that'll take care of for this this edition of believe the believe in Duke pod. Uh, you can look for my coverage uh, of, of Duke basketball at, the, at newsobserver.com as I'll be uh, going to all the games here uh, coming up, and uh, we'll we'll be joining you again soon to talk talk about uh, what happens in the Miami and Wake Forest games and. Uh, um, and Sheldon, I uh, uh, just want to get your thoughts here at the end on, on what you think is going to maybe happen the next couple of games here. I'm hoping that we have uh, two two big wins. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping <laughs> for. So uh, have us get healthy and have two big wins and keep grinding this thing out as uh, AC play starts up and everything. So that's what I'm hoping for. But um, everybody that's out here listening, um, thank you for listening. Uh, continue yeah. to uh, subscribe to our channel. And uh, we have more content uh, as the season unfolds. Okay, that's it for this week's episode. Thanks a lot, Sheldon. We'll talk to you next time. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.